Um, let's turn to Joel. If you've been wondering where that book is, it's in the Old Testament. Okay. Go to chapter 2, verse 23. Now, the one thing that I want you to understand, the principles for healing, the principles for prophecy, the principles for operating in any gift, any gift, is always the same. It doesn't change. It's the same principles that you would use for prophecy. It's the same principles that you would use for healing. It's the same principles that you would use for the word of knowledge. It's the same principles that go for discernment of spirits. It's the same principle that you would use for anything. The same principles. It's the same principles that move across every single functioning manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It remains the same because it is the same Lord. If it was different, then you would have wondered whether the spirit of prophecy is a separate spirit and the spirit of healing is a separate spirit. But it is not. Okay? He is the same spirit, the same Lord, and so the working of the spirit does not change. He's the same spirit. Okay? Every moment is the same manifestation of the same spirit, not another spirit. Okay? And because it's the same spirit, the way of functioning is the same. Does not change. Now, why did I think of having how to prophesy? Since we are planning out and we're trying to scout out and, and uh, we're trying to look around the area, and what we're trying to learn right now is how do we scout an area? How do we, um, how do we capture a city for the Lord? Right? That's what we're trying to see. How do we capture a particular area for the Lord? To capture a particular area for the Lord, we said, okay, fine, it's important that we plan because warfare, as the book of Proverbs says, right? war is fought by councils, won by council. Right? You can't win war without counsel. So if you need to fight and win war by counsel, you need to scout around and check, get your information, see what the enemy is doing, not just go about boxing in the air. If you go about boxing in the air, you'll get what is happening today. Just meetings, 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 meetings across the place. And people just coming, 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 and then that's it. Right? They're coming like the, like the 5,000 got fed, and then they still started coming to Jesus because they wanted more miracles and they wanted to be fed. They didn't want the Lord. Right? And the Lord is so merciful, he will still give it to them. You see, he will still give them the healing. He will still give them the miracles. He will still give them everything that has to be given. But, it will be such a pity if they don't know Jesus. Understand? Fine? So, that's why we want, to, we want to take over the city for the Lord. We want to establish the kingdom for the Lord. And I believe it is possible. Otherwise, the word of God would not have put it. In there. He says, go and make disciples of all nations. So he expects us to go to all nations. He says, go and make disciples, not make converts. Make disciples. Jesus never meant it for us to make dis uh, converts. He, made, he meant for us to make disciples. Make students, literally, if you translate it. Students of the Lord. Who is their teacher? This, the Holy Spirit. Right? The Holy Spirit who teaches all things. So, if we need to go and make disciples, we can't just go about and say, okay, heal, 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 heal. We've got to learn how to prophesy. Now, some of you are bent towards prophecy a little more than the others, right? And we've kind of identified you guys and tried to show, fine, this is your calling, your calling is prophecy. Does not mean you, the others can't prophesy. And this very 
training is to show you that you can prophesy. Okay? It's to show you that you can prophesy. It's to prove to you that you can prophesy. Just like we have proven to you that you can heal. It's not just those with a calling of healing or the gift of healing that can heal. It's everyone that can heal. Okay? The guys who are called to be prophets are so so that they can train others to be prophets. Okay? Remember, the callings are for the equipping of the saints. So if I'm a fisherman, what am I going to treat, teach people to do? Fish. If I'm, in a, if I'm a civil engineer, what am I going to teach people to do? Build. If I'm a road constructor, I'm going to teach people to construct roads, how to construct roads. If I'm an artist, I'm going to teach people how to paint or art of some sort. If I'm a prophet, I'm going to teach people how to... If I'm a healer, I'm going to teach people how to... With the intent that everyone comes to the same unity of faith and all grow to the measure of the stature of Christ because you can't say whether Christ was a prophet or a healer whether he was an evangelist or an apostle he was everything and it all worked seamlessly correct? he was not one he was seamless why? because Christ operated out of love fine? now just because we are looking at prophecy it is just to get alarm bells to ring in your head that you can prophesy Okay? It's just to, you know, like uh, take a steel bucket and, and bang it above your head and say, tang, 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 tang. You can prophesy. Prophesy because you can. How to prophesy? Same principles. Now, <clears throat> many times people will prophesy by taking a verse from the Bible. They'll remember a verse and they'll say, okay, the Lord says this. Now, sometimes it is prophecy, sometimes it is not. Okay? How do I know whether it's prophecy or not? Sometimes it's just a nice verse which can be applied and it's great and it's awesome. Okay? But sometimes it's actually prophecy because sometimes it's a word that the Lord gives and it's part of a prophecy that the Lord is trying to speak to somebody or a few people from the place. Okay? Um, so it's, it's not just that, okay, fine, I know how to prophesy because I, I got a verse and the Lord told me one verse and that's, that's prophecy. No, no, it's not always prophecy. It's not wrong. It's not a sin. That's why I don't stop anybody if they get a prophecy and they say, I, I hear the Lord speaking to us from verse 1. So it's not wrong. In a way, it is prophecy, but it's not prophecy, prophecy completely. Okay? So don't feel condemned if all you get is only verses. That's okay. That's fine. It's, it's okay. Okay? But today we're going to look how to prophesy properly. Okay? Fine. Let's, let's, let's begin. Verse 23. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. Now, listen. In Israel, if you had fields, there were two seasons of rain. When the first three seasons of rain would fall, they would plow the ground and sow the seed. The second season of rain would fall, they would, uh, it would give growth to the to the plants, and then ready for harvest. Okay, so there would be two seasons of rain. Okay, so he says the former rain and the latter rain. The former rain and the latter rain. You've received the former rain, he says, and I will continue the former rain, but he, he will cause the rain to come down to you, he says the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floors shall be full of wheat, and the vat shall overflow with new wine and oil. So what is the latter rain? The latter rain is the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. Okay? The latter rain is the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. The, the former rain, so-called, if you look at the context, is very clear that the power and the working of the Spirit of God right through the Old Covenant was very clear. 
Right? They saw it, they availed of it, they got it, the sowing was done, now came the latter rain, the pouring out of the Spirit of God that was going to happen after Jesus died on the cross. Are you all with me so far? Yes? I'm going to be a little quick because um, I'm excited. <laughs> Verse 25. So this is the first lesson in prophecy. Okay? The first lesson in prophecy is this. Do I know what I'm going to speak? I have no idea. I don't know. I just knew that I needed to show you guys because you all got prophecies about this area and I needed to tell you all how to use those prophecies and then I said, wait a minute, what about training to prophesy? What about telling people to prophesy? Because I need everyone to learn how to prophesy who's, who's here, right? So how do I learn how to prophesy? Then I decided, okay, fine, that's, that's what it's going to be today, right? I decided and now it's going to flow. You wait and watch, right? I, I don't know what I'm going to speak, but I know. But I don't know, but I know. Right? So let's start. So I will restore to you the years, and, uh, the, the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, my great army which I sent amongst you. So there's going to be restoration that's going to come, he says. Restoration of the devil, the wicked one who has ruined years and years of people's lives, restoration is going to come. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God. Right? Eat in plenty of what? Eat in plenty of the restoration, the food that was going to come, the bread of life that was going to come, and His name was Jesus. Amen? Who has dealt wondrously with you? The Lord God, who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. My people shall never be put to shame. Okay. Do you know that? Okay. First lesson in prophecy. A uh, second lesson in prophecy. The first, I told you. What's the first? It's not like you always know what you're going to say. So, mostly it is you don't know. So, don't think that you always know what is going to happen next. No, quite often you don't know what is going to happen or what you're going to say. Okay? You might just get an inkling of something. You don't always get it and you don't always know what is happening. You understand? So, don't think that you always know what is happening. That's not true. If somebody tells you, I didn't get only any prophecy. Well, you will get prophecy if you decide to prophesy. Right? So, the first step is a decision. You've got to decide to prophesy, right? Like you decide to heal and healing flows until you come to the decision. You see, it's the same principles. There's nothing different. Nothing different. The same spirit is with you. The same power is flowing through you. The same Jesus is with you. It's the same principles. If it was different, then you could have made categories and you could have made divisions and you could have made departments in the church and you would have, you, you would have different people with different roles and different jobs and it's exactly what's happening. Right? Because people don't understand it's the same principles. It is the same principles. The same stuff, the same principles, all throughout. Ta, 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 the same principles that are being followed. And it's so awesome because the other day I was, I was listening to... Um, uh, what is that? I, I was reading something by, I think, E.W. Kenyon. And E.W. Kenyon said something. He said, it amazes me, he says... How powerful the spiritual is. I've never read that before. Okay? 
And he says, it's amazing for me to see how powerful the spiritual is because it was the spirit that made all the material stuff. It is the spiritual that made the physical. I said, wait a minute, that's what I've been teaching all this while. Right? That's what we've been saying all this while. The spiritual made the physical. The spiritual Now the spirit impressed it upon me. Why? Because the same spirit. The same spirit. Right? Like you, you see in Matthew there's certain passages like about do not worry and stuff like that. That he actually, Matthew actually puts it in the Sermon on the Mount. But you see in Luke he's saying it and discussing it with Pharisees somewhere else. Now, now does it mean that Luke got it wrong, Matthew got it right, Matthew got it wrong, Luke... No, 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 no. It could just mean very simply Jesus repeated the preaching. Right? Because he kept, kept impressing on the same stuff. If, you, if you've been for, for any of our sessions and... and for, for the service and if you very carefully see certain principles are repeated again and again and again and again and again and do I intend to repeat them? the spirit intends to repeat them and when the spirit intends to repeat them it flows out and when the spirit intends to repeat them it is so that repetition consistency repetition and frequency right? all these three help in the renewing of the mind, right? So by now, if you've attended four or five services or four or five meetings, you will not go back home at least with the idea, you will definitely go back home at least with the idea that whenever the New Testament speaks about suffering, he's not talking about sickness. Right? At least with that idea, you will definitely go back home, right? Okay. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. Now Paul calls us the Israel of God. It's awesome. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. Okay, I missed a point. So, my people shall never be put to shame. Now, this decision needs boldness. Because the next step is you've got to believe in what he says here. He says, never be put to shame. Now, there's a, there is a preacher that gives a beautiful line of argument which I really, really loved. I read it last night and it was awesome. I want you to turn to Jeremiah 1.12. Then I want you to go to Isaiah 55, I think. And then I want you to go to Numbers. I'll tell you which verse. Okay, so make sure you've got this Joel page marked out. And we go to Jeremiah 1.12. If you find difficulty finding Jeremiah, it's Isaiah's cousin. Just immediately after Isaiah, you'll get Jeremiah. No, no. (laughs) Distant cousin. Same Abraham. (laughs) (laughs) Kiran, are you Catholic? Then the Lord said to me, verse 12, Jeremiah 1, 12. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready. Now that word I am ready is I watch over. I watch over. I watch over. That means I'm looking and I'm watching over my word to perform what my word says. Okay? Amen? So, the Lord watches over his word and makes sure that it performs. 
Can you say it with me? The Lord watches over His word and makes sure that he that it performs. Right? So, so the Lord watches over His word. He looks at His word. He watches over His word. He's ready, awake, to perform His word. So you can claim anything of any promises of Scripture. And the Lord is ready to perform because he's waiting. He's ready before you, you even claim it. Right? So we're talking about a God who is a ready God. Okay? He's a ready God, ready to perform what his word says. Right? He, he's ready. He's like that. Two steps. Yeah. Heal. Boom. Healing. Right? He's just ready. Before you even think of, ah, oh, pastor said... Through the stripes and bruises. Oh, that's the verse I can... Now, before that, you were in your mother's womb a long time back and before that, God was already ready. Before you even came into existence and some preachers, uh, preacher gave this eureka moment, you can be healed because God desires you to be healed and boom, oh, I can be healed. Before, much before that, God was already ready to perform what His Word said. Amen? Okay, go to Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55, verse 11. Actually, go to verse 10. I like it from verse 10, actually. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven. So, rain, when it comes down, it comes down. Snow, when it comes down, it comes down. The rain just does not come down and immediately evaporate. What it does, does not return there, but waters the earth. So, it brings water to the earth. Right? And make it bring forth and bud. Right? Waters the earth. Because the rain just does not come and evaporate, and when, messes, uh, when, when man, uh, instead of acting in proper godly dominion, acts in uh, wicked domination, and it does not evaporate quickly, you know, until it finishes what it has to achieve, what do you get? Floods. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah, that water is not going to go until it has watered the earth and reached that particular part of the water table that it has to go to, so that the fields or the trees, or the plants, or the vegetation may get what it needs, right? Okay. And make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. He says, that's what I've ordained, that's what happens to the rain, right? That's how it is. Fine. In the same way, just like rain that falls, falls, just does not evaporate immediately, in the same way, my word, he says, as it moves from my mouth, Okay, It doesn't return to me without doing what it has to achieve. When rain falls, it waters the earth and brings forth grass, brings forth plants, brings forth the bud, brings forth seed to the sower and bread to the eater. In that same way, my word brings forth whatever my word says it should bring forth. Right? So, it accomplishes what I please and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. So, the word accomplishes what he pleases, right? So, you've got the Lord who is watching over his word, ready to perform what his word says. And his word is such that his word will never go and come back void without fruit. Now, I want you to go to, I think it's... Let me just double check here. I think it's um, uh, 
It's Numbers chapter chapter 23. Yeah, Numbers 23. Fine. Numbers 23, 19. Right? Let's go to Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie. Very simple, right? Numbers. God is not a man that he should lie. So very simple. <clears throat> when we speak, when, when the word of God says you can prophesy, it means that you can prophesy, right? I, I will show you that in a minute. And so if the word says it, then the Lord is ready to perform Watch over his word. He's ready to watch over his word and make sure that the word performs. Right? Right? Who's the one who's not ready? Ah. From eternity, God is always ready to perform his word. Who's the one who's not ready? So when you get ready, it's not like, okay, oh, this guy wants to prophesy now. Let me just open the books. What's the prophecy we can give? Check the computers. Check out knowledge. Come on. No, 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 no. God is ready to perform it. It's you who are not ready. So the first thing is you've got to get ready. Right? That's your decision. Right? Why? You've got to get ready because the word that we read in Joel is never willing, he's never going to put you to shame. Why? Very simple. He's ready to perform and his word will never return void. He will always accomplish what the word says. Okay? Why? Because God is not a man and he does not lie. So, we can be rest assured that we will never be put to shame. Okay? God is not a man, he will never lie. So, we can be rest assured that we will never be put to shame. Amen? You know what amen means, right? <laughs> so much for sovereign God, please heal. <laughs> right? So you say a whole prayer, the traditional Christian style, and then you say your oh, amen, the faith healer style. Okay. <laughs> so be it. Who are you to say it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. Okay? Why? Because the way the Lord will treat, deal with you wondrously, and He will never put you to shame, right? I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. Are you His people? A holy nation, a chosen generation? Then you will never be put to shame. What about those people? The question is always this. What about those people? You know, there was this family. They didn't trust uh, any medicine or anything. They just trusted God and they prayed. And, but the person just died. What about that? Listen, I don't base my truth based on human experiences. I base it on the word of God. Human experiences can change. Human experiences have got a lot of permutations, a lot of combinations, a lot of this, a lot of that. 
I base my experience, I base my life, I line up my experience based on the word of God. So even my own experiences of my life, I don't use as a means to draw deductions of truth. See, if I start using experiences as a means of doctrine, I will be in big trouble. You understand? I don't even use my experiences to deduce truth. I always use truth to judge my experiences. So you don't put experiences on the witness box. You put, so you don't put truth on the witness box. You put experiences in the witness box. You don't put truth to judge. You let truth be the judge and experience be in the witness box. You understand? Okay. And it shall come to pass afterwards. When? After the restoration. When did the restoration happen? Jesus. Right? Jesus died for you. He shed his blood. Restored you. Raised you up. You were dead. Raised you up. In the high places. The heavenly places. Not high places. Sorry. In the heavenly places. Okay. And it shall come to pass afterwards. That I will pour out. I will. It's not a question. I will. Pour out my spirit only on the disciples and the apostles. Uh oh. I will pour out my spirit on all. Now tell me something. Is it the same Lord that is in the Old Testament? Is it the same Lord in the New Testament? The same Lord that you serve now? Okay. So that means he says after the restoration... He will pour out his spirit. That's very clear, right? After the restoration, he will pour out his spirit. After the restoration, he will pour out his spirit. After the restoration, he will pour out his spirit. It's very clear. Right? 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 Very clear? Yes? Are you absolutely clear that he will pour out his spirit? That's why in Acts of the Apostles, it shows that he did pour out his spirit. And today, if any flesh calls out, he does pour out his spirit. Because if he doesn't pour out his spirit, nobody can be restored. Do you understand? See, listen. Restoration, pouring out. Restoration, empowerment. Restoration, empowerment. Restore the relationship, empower. Restore the relationship, empower. Right? That's how God works. That's how salvation works. Right? It's not just dominion, fall, restoration, and then I'll go to heaven. No, no. It's, it's dominion, fall, restoration, and empowerment. Right? And empowerment. That's why he says that uh, you will not taste death. He says, he says, you will pass from death to life. Right? It's a smooth transition because you're already empowered. You're already seated in the heavenly place. You're already empowered. So, the restoration and the empowerment, right? It just flows seamlessly. Restoration and empowerment. Now, if I say that he has not poured out his spirit on all flesh, and he does not pour out his spirit on all flesh today, then what can I claim for restoration? Because if there is the pouring out of spirit on all flesh, it comes afterward, after the restoration. So restoration and empowerment by the Spirit of God. It just flows seamlessly. That's how salvation is. right? God does not just forgive your sin and keep you like one. He makes you a son. How does He make you a son? How can you claim to be a son? You can't until you've got the Spirit. Is the Spirit of adoption. right? Is the Spirit of God that is given to you that makes a human being a Christian. Right? Fine? 
So he says, I will pour out your spirit. It's the same stuff, right? It is not different. Not different. So what is this pour out of the spirit on all flesh? The baptism in the Holy Spirit. Correct? Any doubt about it? Are you sure? Absolutely sure? Yes? What's the next thing that happens after this? Just the next thing after this. Look at that verse. Look at that verse. The next, exact next verse after this. Your sons and daughters. Whoa. Sometimes we tend to think that only tongues is a sign that you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's not true. It's not true. Tongues is just automatically an outcome of, of, of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. But it's not... I mean, some people may, may <clears throat> decide to speak in tongues. It's the same, it's the same, the same principles, right? Some people may decide to speak in tongues a little later. Right? Or because they feel ashamed and they say, how can I just speak in tongues like that or whatever. Lots of such blocks are there, but as they learn, they, they start speaking in tongues. Right? Okay. But the one thing that you should be able to do, definitely after being baptized in the Holy Spirit, is prophesy. Right? Why? The moment you receive the Spirit of God, you should be able to prophesy. Let me show you an example. Let's go to Saul. So that's in 1 Kings. Yeah, 1 Kings. Oh, sorry, 1 Samuel. Sorry, 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. Boom, 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 boom. 1 Samuel chapter 10. Samuel chapter 10, verse 1. Then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him. That means Samuel anoints Saul as, as, as king. Is it not because the Lord has anointed you um, commander over his inheritance? When you, uh, and and, then, and then he goes on and on and on and on. Go to verse, go to verse, go to verse. 5. After that, so he tells Saul what he's going to do and what is going to happen. And then he tells Saul, see, listen, after all this is going to happen, you're going to go to the hill of the Lord where the Philistine garrison is. And it will happen when you have come there to the city that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with a string instrument, a tambourine, a flute and a harp before them. And they will, prof they will be prophesying. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. See, listen, when the Spirit of God comes upon any person, you have to be turned into another man. Otherwise, it is just emotions. Right? When the Spirit of God comes upon you, you have to be turned into another man. You can't be anything else. You've got to be turned into another man. And let it be that when these signs come to you, that you do as the occasion demands, for God is with you. You do as the occasion demands? That sounds pretty unspiritual. To do as the occasion demands? Why? Where did... Come on, just sit down and pray and ask the Lord what to do at that moment. 
No, he says, do as the occasion, <laughs> do as the occasion demands to Saul, right? Because he received the Spirit. Now, you've got a more powerful anointing, a much better covenant, why? Because the Spirit of God is in you and your Spirit is united with the Spirit of God, right? That's another thing that you will always listen every time we speak, not just about healing, you, you will know another thing, that there is a difference between just being receiving the Holy Spirit, just getting the Holy Spirit, or being baptized in the Holy Spirit. As a Christian, receiving the Holy Spirit, your body becomes a temple of the Spirit of God. And your spirit is united with the Spirit of God. Right? That, that, that's very different from what you saw in any of the Old Testament prophets. Right? Fine. Uh, go down to verse 9. <clears throat> it was then when he had turned his back to go from Samuel that God gave him another heart. Listen, you are anointed as sons. You've got another better heart. <laughs> A better another heart. <laughs> right? And all these signs came to pass that day. There's some signs that are supposed to come to pass for you. You get them in Mark 16, right? Those who believe these signs will follow them, right? If all those signs that Saul was given came to pass that day, it should come to pass that day, right? That's why when that's why when somebody is baptized and and we baptize in the Holy Spirit, we immediately take them to heal because we see that they can heal quickly, immediately, right? It doesn't take time; they can do it, right? Okay. When they came there to the hill, there was a group of prophets to meet him. Then the Spirit of God came upon him. Now it's so awesome. That it's so different for you because the Spirit of God just doesn't come upon you, it comes upon you and comes in you also. Right? He moves into you. And he prophesied. So immediately what he does? He prophesied. Okay. And it happened when all who knew him formerly saw that he indeed prophesied among the prophets that the people said to one another, What is this that has come upon the son of Kish? Same thing that they will ask you. What is this that has come upon Melanie? What is this that has come upon Ryan, upon Alicia, upon Vidyata, upon Vrinda? What is this that has come upon Atul and upon Mr. Katuri, upon, upon, upon Avinash? What is this that has come upon Amit and Vidyata? Well, what is this that has come upon these guys? Right? Why? Because when the Spirit of God moves into you, you begin, you begin differently. You become another man. Better another man than Saul. <laughs> another, another man, right? The Spirit of God. So what's the, immediately the next thing that happens when Saul received the Holy Spirit? What is the next thing that happened when Saul received the Holy Spirit? He prophesied. Right? He prophesied. Fine? Look at those words again. When they came to the hill, there was a group of prophets to meet him. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he prophesied. Right? And he prophesied. That was it. He prophesied. Now look ahead. What is this that has come upon the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? Then a man from there answered and said, But who is their father? Therefore it became a proverb. He saw also among the prophets. And when he had finished prophesying, he went to the high place. Did Saul have a calling to prophecy or was he having a calling to something else? <laughs> Did Saul have a calling to prophecy or was he having a calling to something else? 
he was called to be king, right? Now how did he prophesy? Only calling, stick to your calling. Right? Like there was one preacher who said, if you, if you don't stick to your calling, you'll feel like a duck out of water, waddling like that. Absolutely wrong. Absolutely wrong. Because it's not my calling, it's my calling by the Lord, but it's the Lord who works through me. If it was me working through the Lord, it is a different matter. Listen, we've got the understanding that prophecy works, me working through the Lord. No, no, it's the Lord working through me. So if it's the Lord working through me, it works completely differently. I never feel like a duck out of water. Why? Because I'm always in the Lord and the Lord is always in me, so why should I feel like a duck out of water? Right? I never feel better another man. I never feel like a duck out of water. Why? The one who should be feeling like a duck out of water is Satan because he's just been displaced from his water. <laughs> right? Right? Then he's got to run like that. No body. Which body should I go to? Which body should I? <laughs> right? <laughs> because that, that's what that's what it is, right? Okay. Let's let's go back to Joel. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. Now, please don't start getting legalist and say, see, listen. Visions I'll see now. When I become an old man, I'll see dreams. <laughs> and if somebody comes and tells you, I saw a dream, please don't say, old. <laughs> 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 right? Kiran, you're going too far. Okay. So, 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 so listen. Uh, um, very clearly, prophecy is prophecy. That means, uh, by the way, do you know the difference between prophecy and prophesy? Okay, this is, this, is the, this is the noun, and this is the verb. Just, just. <laughs> so I prophesy a prophecy, because I'm a prophet, like that. <laughs> okay. okay, so, very clearly, they will prophesy. So prophesying, prophesying is usually uh, something that is spoken, okay? A prophecy that is spoken, or it is um, a vision, or it is a dream, or it is the 10,000 different other ways that have been prophesied. Right? Like I remember uh, how one of the prophets was told to build, I think Ezekiel, was told to build a model of a town of clay. And then he was asked to sleep seven days like this, seven days like that. And then he said, then tell. Jeremiah was told to buy an earthen vessel. And he said, boom. Agabus, the prophet of the New Testament, he took Paul's belt. And then he tied himself. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen to the man who goes into Rome. You see? You... You've got to know Jesus if you want to heal. You've got to know Jesus if you want to prophesy. Right? Fine? 
So, did God tell Agabus to use that and prophesy? Or did he decide to do it? It's yes, right? I mean, yes God, yes you, yes God, yes you. I mean, prophecy is one of those manifestations of the Spirit of God that really teaches you how to heal. You've got to understand prophecy because prophecy is one of those things that really helps you to walk in the Spirit. You remember when, when, when Paul says in one of the letters, he says, whether you eat or drink anything you do, eat, uh, do it in any deed you do, do it in the name of the Lord? means what? What does it mean? So, so the Jesuits have taken it completely differently and they said, do all for the glory of God. So they'll, thank you Jesus. But that's not, that's not doing that. that that's not, it's just whatever you do, do it in the name of Jesus. That means stand in the place of Jesus and do it. Now you start doing everything differently. <laughs> so you stand in the place. I'm going to eat ice cream. I stand in the place and... Okay. That person is there to heal. That's more important. Forget the ice cream. Be healed. You understand? When you start... It's a key to living. When you start living and doing everything of your daily life in the name of Jesus, you start doing it differently. You understand? Fine. So, do you decide to prophesy? Yes. Just like you decide to heal. The same spirit, right? If, think about it. If a man is sick and walking on the road and you are walking by, okay? You know you can heal, you know everything, you've got the teaching, you've got the training, everything. There's a man walking by and he, he, can't, he can't walk properly. Fine? For that period, until he meets another person, for that time, that man will be healed only when you decide to go up to him and heal him, right? Rest, yes or no? Yes or no? Okay, so you decide. As you decide, you also believe that you will never be put to shame. So you go and you put your hand. Who heals him? The Spirit of God heals him, right? The Spirit of God moves into that body, sets the person free, heals, right? That's how it works. First it takes your decision, right? So when you decide, boom, it happens. When you decide, boom, it happens. That's why your decisions have to be more and more lined up with the will of God. That's why you've got to be rooted in the Word. You've got to... You've got to <sighs> If you have a bath more often than you read your Bible, it's got a clean body but a dirty mind. If, you've got, if, if you eat your food more often than you read your Bible, it's got a full stomach but a hungry spirit. If you read your Bible less and less and less and less and less, and less often, you're going to live less and less and less and less and less like Jesus. Okay? So if you wonder at one point in time, why did you act so soulishly? Why did you just do what you did? Check. Because it's most highly probable that for the past two, three days, before you acted that way, you were not reading the word properly. Now the reading of the word is not some magic mantra. It is... Reading with understanding in context and taking it in. 
right? You've got to take it in and let it be part of your DNA. Then you become divine partakers of his divine nature, right? Partakers of divine nature. Verse 29. Also my men servants and maid servants. On my men servants and maid servants, that's you and me. Okay? I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name, now they have taken this moon turning to blood. And every time the moon turns red, says, the Lord is coming soon. The Lord is coming soon. Listen, moon turning to blood, actually red blood, okay? It's not, it's not, it's not the way it's happening. Sometimes you call it red moon or blood moon or whatever it is. It's not that, okay? Sun turned to darkness. It's not just an eclipse. Uh, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord, and it shall come to pass that whomever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance. Right? That's where Jesus was crucified in Jerusalem. From where did our deliverance come? From there. Okay. As the Lord had said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. Right? So, this is what happened. Now, is this past tense for us or is this future tense for us? That, no, no, no. I'm not talking about the day of the Lord. I'm talking about um, verse 28 and 29. That's why I asked you whether you can, you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because if you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you can prophesy. How do you prophesy? What's the first step? There's no silver bullet, there's no magic mantra, there's no formula. So, yes, the topic for today is misleading. Because there is no magic mantra, there is no anything. But there is first and foremost a decision. Just like you go to heal, as I told you, right? You decide to heal, then the spirit moves and accomplishes, performs what he has always been ready to accomplish. Right? It's your decision that the spirit moves into. Right? You decide, the Spirit backs you up. You decide, that's why the Word of God calls him helper. Right? And that's such a humble word. Right? Because you decide and he backs you up. You decide and he backs you up. You decide and he backs you up. Right? So when you decide to prophesy, you should be able to prophesy. Right? And when you decide to give a word of knowledge, you should be able to give a word of knowledge. Right? And I have seen it time and again. It is as it is. It's the same stuff. Right? Like one day I got a call from somebody and I was praying with that person over the phone and I thought I'll give this a shot. I said, I know that prophecy has got something and, and it, was just, it was just around that time that the Lord was trying to show me about healing by showing me about prophecy because I have been prophesying for some time and, and the Lord was trying to show me that listen, it's the same stuff, the same stuff. You decide and it happens. You decide and it happens. I said, okay. So spoke to the person and I said, you know, I, I just got I just got the Lord telling me something about you. Okay. Now the question. You're standing you're standing next to my spirit. Okay. Okay. And I'm here. You just inside but kind of looking. And you're checking into my mind, and you're scanning, and you're asking me, did you get a word 
for him at that point? No. I decided to get a word. But how does this work? Let me show you. Let's go to the New Testament. 1 John. One John, one John, one John, one John. Okay, okay. Uh, a few things before that. <clears throat> the Spirit knows all things, the deep things of God. Where's that? Uh, I think it's Corinthians, right? Two Corinthians, yeah. Okay, let's go to two Corinthians first. Is it two Corinthians? Sure, it's two Corinthians, Kiran. Huh? No, 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 it's not two Corinthians, it's one Corinthians. Huh. One Corinthians chapter two, that's right. Not two Corinthians. Okay, <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of the sage, nor are the rulers of the sage who are coming to nothing. So you've got to understand when you prophesy, when you heal, when you're doing whatever, you're not doing it to display the wisdom of the sage. The wisdom of the sage will say, don't make a fractured man walk. The wisdom of the sage will say uh, lots of other things. The wisdom of the sage will say, no point praying for somebody who the doctor has said two days to live. The wisdom of the sage will say a lot of other things. The wisdom of the sage will say, this man looks nice. I don't think he's involved in any adultery. This man looks nice. I don't think he's involved in any robbery. So you don't go based on the wisdom of the sage. If you go based on the wisdom of the sage, you're not going to reach anywhere. That's why just... <clears throat> Keep your finger here and go, go to Proverbs 3. Huh? Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5. Huh? Yeah. Okay, start with verse 3. Actually, verse 1. My son, Proverbs 3, verse 1. 
My son, do not forget my law. That's my word. Let your heart keep my commands. I've started seeing. The more I started reading the word, the better I could prophesy. Okay. For the length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. I, I don't know whether you remember. There's this lady who lived 100 years or something. She said, one secret to my long life is that I have read and taken in the word every single day of my life. Okay? So, length of days and long life and peace. She's hardly having any sickness. How? Keep the word in the midst of thy heart. Okay. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. So, the one thing that you should not get rid of is mercy and truth. Mercy is love. Truth is truth. If you make enemies with mercy and truth, they will forsake you. Right? Right? So keep, keep this at the back of your mind, that you do not... <coughs> Make bad friends with mercy and truth. So mercy and truth have to be there. I'll just, I'll just use love because mercy just flows out of love. Love and truth. Okay? The worst kind of prophesying will come through when you don't have love and truth. The times that you won't be able to heal too well is when you don't have love and truth. The, ones, the moments that you don't have a manifestation of the Spirit is when love and truth is not there because love is the more excellent way. It was always and it will always be. Without truth, <laughs> you're in solid trouble without truth. Right? You're in solid trouble without truth. What's the truth? Your word, O Lord, is truth, says the word of God. Right? Bind them around your neck. Wow. So you take love and mercy and bind it around your neck. How do you bind love and mercy around your neck? So you've got to make it like a collar around your neck. You walk with love and mercy. You don't get it off. Right? So when you bind it around your neck, you stand straight. And your posture is only because of love and mercy. Everywhere you go, it's love and mercy that goes with you. Sorry, love and truth that goes with you. It's just love and mercy. Love and truth. Right? So you take love and truth and you make it part of you. You bind it around you. Love and truth have to be with you. If you don't have love and truth, you'll be in trouble. You've got to take love and truth always. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Write what? Love and truth. Who does that? The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. Then. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. You see, the same thing that Daniel did. Right? <coughs> esteem in the sight of God and men. He didn't go to search for esteem in the sight of God and men. You understand? Because quite often he didn't find esteem, right? Like the people who threw him in the lion's den. He didn't find esteem there, right? So, when you stand against unrighteousness, you will not find esteem in the eyes of men, but you will find esteem in the eyes of God. When people are troubled and you bring the wisdom of God, you will find esteem in the eyes of men. Trust in the Lord <clears throat> with all your heart. 
See, listen, if you don't trust in God, you're not a believer. Because trusting is believing, right? Right? So I'm not even going to talk about that first phrase because it's about, it's, it's bound to be because you need to believe. But I'm going to talk about the ending part of that phrase because it says all your heart. You've got to trust the Lord with all your heart. That means everything that's in your heart needs to be believing in God. There's no part in, in your heart that should say, yeah, I know, but you know, this is also there. Now, how do I do this? I know, but that is also there. How do I do this? So there's no way that can happen. You've got to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Then, and this is so important in prophecy or in healing or in anything. Listen, Proverbs 3, 1 to 8 is telling you the groundwork based on which you let the Spirit work through you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your path. Fear the Lord, depart, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Okay. Let's start from the beginning. Trust in the Lord with all your hearts. You understand all your heart? Your heart should be single. Your heart should be simple. Your heart should be uncomplicated. Completely trusting the Lord. Then lean not on your own understanding. You don't depend on your own understanding. Now Jesus made it easier. Very easier. Says you're not your own. Listen, if you're not your own, your understanding should not be your own. Jesus made it mighty easier for you. He says you've got to be dead. Right? It's the same stuff. Don't lean on your understanding. Be dead. Right? Okay. In all, it's that where you lean on your own understanding, that's when masala comes. That's when you think somebody's got healed. That's when you feel oh, how this is going to work. I'll just pray for him and go. Okay? See, whatever principles I'm talking about, it works the same way. Healing or prophecy, it works the same stuff. It doesn't change. Okay? <clears throat> In all your ways acknowledge Him. That means in everything that you do, you, you acknowledge His presence. You acknowledge His presence. He's there with you at every moment, right? So you acknowledge. And He shall direct. It's not He will. It's not you ask and He will. It says no. In all your ways, not His ways. It says in all your ways... You don't, you don't, it's not about checking, it's about acknowledging. Lord, I thank you for being there. Lord, I thank you for being there. In all your ways. And as you keep doing that and you are aware that he is with you, he is directing your path automatically. Right? Today morning when I got up, did I know we are going to do this? No. But I'm telling you, it's one of the best trainings that we're having. Right? How did that happen? In my ways, I've acknowledged him. I, I, frankly speaking, at this moment, I took the bill and I put it in my bag because I wanted to go to the electricity department. Right? But I acknowledged him and I said, Lord, I thank you for being present here. And then suddenly, I decided that I should train to prophesy. And then as I did it, boom, 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 just fell in place. 
So you've got to lean not on your own hand. Why am I giving this simple example? Because it's daily life. Right? I lean not on my own understanding. In all my ways I acknowledge him. When I do that, it just falls in place. Right? So when I get up in the morning, I just start by saying, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus, this just comes naturally. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is the Lord of my life. Right? Um, do not be wise in your own eyes. And that's part of being dead. Jesus was smart, you know, he's wiser than Solomon's. <laughs> right? He just said, be dead. Right? Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Have a reverential fear towards the Lord. Depart from evil. Right? When the guy came yesterday and he said uh, something about the nature of God and he said uh, um, healing is not for today. Now I got wild. Now I didn't get angry with him. No, 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 no. It was a righteous anger that built up because that was wrong. You don't bring charges against the Most High. And so Michael got up and said, who is like the Lord? Right? Don't bring charges like the, uh, against the Most High. You don't say he doesn't do something that he does. And you definitely don't say that certain things that have been happening. I mean, I know the things that have been thinking of Benny Hinn and all this stuff, but I'm very much sure that quite often when healings have taken place, it's not taking place by any demonic spirit. It's taking place by the Spirit of God. But just because certain uh, scams have happened, or certain this has happened and he's not been faithful or something like that, doesn't mean the Spirit of God has not been working. No way is. Right? It's because he's always waiting to perform. Exactly. Right? So, so it doesn't mean the Spirit of God is none. Yeah, but will, will, will he not answer to the Lord about all his multi-million dollar jet planes and this and Yes, he will. That's up to the Lord and him. But it's a pity that a person like him is more available at that time than you and me. Right? So don't, don't, don't question the nature of God. And it's that fear of God, not fear as in scared fear, but a reverence towards God, that this thing just built up in me and I fired the daylights out of him. Right? Why? Because you don't speak about my father in that way. You don't talk about Abba, father, in that way. You don't talk about the spirit of God in that way. That I won't take. Keep your legalism aside. Says you show me proof that you can heal. You show me, show me, show me, show me. I said no matter what proof I show you, you're never going to believe it. If I show you a cancer case that is healed, you'll say they had no cancer in the first place. If I show you a dead man walking, you'll say he was not dead in the first place. If I show you a lame man walking, you'll say he was not lame in the first place. So what do I show you? I can't show you anything. I can only show you the truth. Right? Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. So when there is evil, you depart from it. What is evil? Anything. Any perversion of the truth is evil. And any departure from the truth is evil. So you depart from evil. You depart. That's what Jesus said, right? If your right hand causes it to sin, cut it off. You depart from evil. You stay away from evil. You don't mess around with evil. Not because you're scared of evil, because you hate it. And you love the Lord. And you don't lean on your own understanding. And you're dead. So you depart from evil. Right? It will be health to your flesh. And strength to your bone. You, do you understand? That is where we need to get. Listen, we've got to move out from asking divine healing to walking in divine health. Right? It's fine to, I'm not saying it's wrong that when you're 
not okay sometime, if you're not okay anytime, that you ask God, please heal me, please. Or, or, or you say, come on, somebody, just, just say something. Or you just speak it over yourself as a sickness, go now. And Jesus, it's not wrong, but what I'm saying is what Jesus wants us to be in, this is the will of God that you should be in, health to your flesh. And strength to your bones. Health to your flesh, strength to your bones. Your very inwards need to be strong because that's what the Lord desires of you. How do you do it? He does not say exercise there. I'm not saying exercise is wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying exercise is wrong because you've got to exercise. It's very important that you... I'm not saying we don't need podgy Christians. I'm not saying exercise. But your exercise is not the source of your health. Your diet is not the source of your health. Food is not the source of your health. Just like food is not food to you. It's the will of God that's food to you. In the same way, food, exercise is not the source of your health. What is? The Lord and His Word. Amen? You're maintaining your body? Great. Good work. But don't look at it as a source of your health. Maintaining your body through some proper diet? Okay, fine. That's okay. That's fine. That's good. But don't look for your health through it because your health comes through the Lord. He says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord your. Okay, fine. So if this is in place and you lean not in your own understanding, then obviously what's going to happen is you're not going to be speaking the wisdom of this age. So, before all of this, the precondition is you've got to be dead. And you've got to be alive. So basically, you've got to be Christian. (laughs) Right? You know what you're going to get if you are not a Christian? What I mean by Christian? Dead to sin, alive in Christ, receive the Spirit of God and a Son. If you're not all of this, where you've hated sin and you've loved the ways of God, if you're not this, then you're going to get new age. Like many of the Catholic priests are doing, right? Like I remember, there was this Catholic priest who... He's still there. Uh, I don't know this. He's still there, no? Um, he used to conduct something called an inner healing session. For that inner healing session, he would ask you to close your eyes and you would be seated on the floor and he would do it mostly with youngsters, seated on the floor and he would play this really not so okay music, some, 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 something weird. And he would take you to another imaginative land and you would feel different after that. <laughs> Very different after that. Feel altered, but quite peaceful but that's not peace right the peace that I've got is like the world cannot give right right so what happened many people would be demon possessed many of those people right Uh, I I know people who would heal uh, they would tell drink this holy water Bottles and bottles and bottles and bottles of holy water. Then, after giving bottles and bottles of holy water, what the person would do? He would puke or she would puke. And when they would puke, they would say, there, the demon's out. Come on. 
That's ridiculous, right? It's hopeless. Okay. Then you would take the crucifix and you would put on the head and say, Come out! In the name of Jesus, come out! Come out! Come out! Put the crucifix on the head. Say, in the name of Jesus, come out to the demon. This is the Catholic priest who would do this. Nothing happened. The demon would be quietened for some time. It was almost, it was almost as though the demon was busy doing yoga for some time. So suppressed and quietened down. But not out. Definitely not out. Unless you're, not a, unless you're a Christian, it's not going to happen. Okay? So once you're a Christian, then you can say, I decide to prophesy. I decide to heal. And the Lord will never put me to shame. Amen? <clears throat> Amen? Okay. Why? Because you've got... Love and truth, love and truth, love and truth. You've got to do it. See, listen, now after Christ, nothing avails anything but faith working through. Okay, faith has got to work. Faith works through love. You've got to have faith working through love. This has got to be there. If this is not there, God will work through your faith. The person who you're ministering to will be fine. But you... You've got a mighty lot to answer on the last day. So you see people having faith and people working, God working through them, but their character, questionable. Right? Why? Faith not working through love. See, God is ready to perform, right? So if somebody just ah, is a Christian, so-called born again, everything, and just has faith and does not have love for those people and does not have love towards God and he's just doing it for his own selfish interest or whatever. Is God not going to work? Why is God working through him if he's a bad person? Well, listen, God is not looking at why that bad person is bad or good. God is looking at how bad the victim is. He's more interested in getting the victim out. But why work through that person? Because you have not been there. Where were you? Right? But that, that brother told me this prophecy and it was spot on, that prophecy. Okay. So was it God working through him? Because he's done a lot of nonsense and, and this and that. And So is it God working through him? Yeah. It is God working through him. Then why are you telling me not to hear his preaching? Because... Not always God speaking is preaching. Okay? So, just because the Lord works through somebody does not mean that the person is valid, legal. No. Right? It's the Lord who's merciful, it's the Lord who's loving. So, don't look at the works. And say, okay, fine. You've got to look at fruit. He never says, look at the works and judge the tree. You've got to look at fruit. Now, fruit is character. You've got to look at that and judge the person. Right? You've got to see the fruit of the Spirit. See, the fruit of the Spirit is not healing prophecy. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Right? You've got to see the fruit of the Spirit in the fruit of the person. So when you see the fruit of the Spirit, you know the person. And so then you can trust the doctrine that is being taught. Right? Let's move on. But we speak the wisdom of this God. Oh, 
we speak the wisdom. Okay, let's let's just wind up after this. Okay. But we speak the wisdom of God and the mystery, the hidden wisdom which which God ordained before ages, before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, nor had they known. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. We, we, we've looked at this in the past, right? Why this? We, we've seen it in the past because if they had not crucified the Lord of glory, then none of us would have Christ in us, right? But because they crucified the Lord of glory, that's why we've got Christ in us. That's why he's got, Satan's got a lot more Jesuses to deal with than, than just that one, one, one Jesus from Galilee. But as it is written... I has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor have entered into this. Very important. Listen, please. Okay, keep that. T- tell your hungry stomachs to just cool down for some time. Okay, I has not seen, ear has not heard, nor have entered into the heart of men the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. This is very clear, right? I has not seen, ear has not heard, nor have entered into the heart of men because if it was seen by men, heard by men, or entered into the heart of men, it is called imagination. But the things which God has prepared for those who love Him is not things that eyes have heard or ears have uh, eyes have seen or ears have heard and has entered into the heart of men. It's beyond a man's imagination. Fine, but look at verse ten. Uh, verse ten, right? But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. So man has not seen it, but we know it. Right? That's the basis of prophecy, of healing, of the manifestation of the Spirit, of everything. When you understand that what you're doing is pioneering work, (laughs) don't try to see whether it is something that is ever done before or not, and so how is it possible, not possible. No, no, no. Usually the things of God are not something that have been seen by eyes or heard by ears and have entered the hearts of men. And so people won't know it. And they'll be all too sure. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, not have entered the hearts of men. Okay, but. There's a but there. But! God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. Right? Prophecy does not come naturally. Healing does not come naturally. It is not an ability to heal. It's not a positive vibe that you have that just heals. Okay? Fine. It is the power of God that withers a cancer. It is the power of God that lengthens bones. It is the power of God that brings life into a person. Right? Okay. <clears throat> but God has revealed them to us through His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Right? Why? Because he's the spirit of God. Look at what he says next. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? So, your spirit knows your things? So, there's two things. There's two, thi- there's two uh, people uh, th- that know your deepest inner secrets. Your spirit and God himself. Right? Your spirit knows your heart and your spirit knows your mind and your spirit knows what you're thinking. Your spirit knows the intentions with which you've come here. Your spirit knows everything. Right? Okay, so God's intentions, God's intricate secrets, God's intimate knowledge, God's knowledge, who knows? The Spirit of God. Just like your spirit knows your hidden stuff, 
spirit of God knows the spirit of God, uh, God's hidden stuff, right? Because your spirit is in you and you know, uh, your spirit knows the things that you have inside of you. In the same way, the spirit of God knows the things of God and understands the things of God and has knowledge and access to the knowledge of the things of God, right? Okay, so this spirit who knows the deep things of God is in you. So what you have in you is the internet of God's knowledge. So it's the first break or the first break of a mold that you have been brought up in. You are not prophesying something that has just come at that moment. No, when you prophesy as a new covenant man or woman, you are prophesying basically getting out a file from the deep things of God that are already there and you're bringing it out. You understand? Who knows the deep things of God? The Spirit. When you're healing, you're getting something of the healing power of God for that particular sickness from the deep knowledge of God and boom, healed. You're getting prophecy. Boom, prophecy. So it comes from the whole repertoire of God's knowledge. It comes from the whole reservoir of God's, reservoir of God's knowledge. It comes from the whole bank, library, internet of God's knowledge, if I may put it that way. Right? Now we have, even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have not received the Spirit of the world. We have received the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So we know the things of God because we've got the Spirit of God. Very simple. It's a different matter whether you're aware of them. Listen, you can come here and on the way here, you will have seen a lot of number plates. You know it. But you are not aware of it. Because a lot of those number plates and the images of those number plates are not important. And you have not tagged them as important. So they are far in your memory. And in another 48 hours, they are just going to be wiped out. Right? As far as the knowledge of God, the knowledge of God is always there. Right? He is always there. He endures forever. His word endures forever. His knowledge endures forever. Right? You have the knowledge... You are not aware, that's all. That moment you decide to be aware, you can't be aware of all the knowledge. You'll, your brains will pop out. You can't hold all the knowledge of God. right? But that moment that you decide to be aware of that knowledge for that person in that situation or that place in that situation, you become aware of it and you receive that from the whole tank one fish you remove, that one uh, file you remove, that one uh, website is accessed, and you get, oh, this, Avanash, this is the prophecy for you. This is what the Lord says. Ta, 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 ta. You see, that's how it is. So it's not something that's...
that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So we have the knowledge of the things freely given to us by God. We have it now. These things, what are these things? Which is given by God that the Spirit knows that is already in you. These things we also speak. So what does Paul speak? What do you, what, what do you have to start speaking? Which you already know. Why? Because the Spirit knows. And the Spirit is in your spirit. And your spirit is united with the Spirit of God. So you know because the Spirit knows. Right? Okay. Not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but with the Holy Spirit. But teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. So the more soulish you are, the less you will be able to prophesy. Isn't that very simple? A soulish man cannot prophesy because a soulish man cannot receive the things of God. And if a soulish man receives the things of God, he does not understand it. So a soulish man cannot prophesy because a soulish man, a woman, does not receive. So, so those moments that you get soulish, don't expect to prophesy. But, or if you do prophesy in those moments, you have to check it out quite a lot. Right? So you've got to understand this. Right? For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Right? But he who is spiritual judges, judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. So when you are operating in the spiritual, nobody can judge you. In the sense of nobody can say, you are doing right, you are doing wrong, because they are operating in the natural. So somebody in the natural can't rightly say whether somebody in the spiritual is doing something right or not. There is only one thing that judges, and that is the word. Right? For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Nobody. But we have the mind of Christ. So when you are prophesying, you are prophesying from the mind of Christ. Because you got the mind of the Spirit, so you got the mind of Christ. The mind of the Spirit and the mind of Christ is the same mind. Right? So you prophesy, you, you, you pick up information. It's, it's like, you know, those, um, I don't know whether you remember, uh, way back you would get these word of God boxes, so-called, and we would play matka with it. Sorry. Uh, we would play lottery, lottery with it. We would just pray and say, this is the word. Pray and then just, this is the word for Hmm? Because that suddenly said you you got to be something, something, something. That's not the word. I got it wrong. This is the word. You get this word of God boxes with chips of the word of God. Many Catholic retreat centers would have it. Something like that, but it's not just pick and choose whatever words you need. It's a whole, complete fullness of the knowledge of God that is there in you. That's why in 1 John, now go to 1 John. One John two twenty. 
but you have an anointing from the Holy One. Do you know that? Okay. And you know, see it, it's there. But I don't know all things. I don't base my doctrine on your experience. I base my doctrine on the truth. So if the word says I know all things, I know all things. I'm just not consciously knowing them sometimes. Or consciously aware of what I know. But the knowledge is there because I have the mind of Christ. So the less I operate from my mind, the more I operate from the mind of Christ. I know all things. You see, it's the same stuff. Practically, we're just doing a healing training here. Nothing else. It's the same things. You know all things. Why? Because the Spirit knows all things. And your Spirit is united with the Spirit of God. So you know all things because the Spirit knows all things. Right? Fine. You've got access to the knowledge of God. So you can prophesy. Yes? Father, we thank and praise you, Lord. That your word that was spoken, Lord, is awesome word, Lord. And we thank and praise you that you are alive. That we know all things, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.